0: Welcome to Felony Miami, where we have real conversations with real people about the criminal justice system in the United States of America. Beating the system Earning your get out of being a scumbag card Getting off the hook Convincing the jury Making a deal Smashing the state Crushing the closing Destroying evidence Wait, wait, hold on Maybe maybe not destroying evidence Because that's illegal Suppressing evidence maybe Manipulating the system In the name of constitutionality Whatever you gotta do to get out of jail, your criminal defense attorney is there to help you do it if you can afford it. That's the name of the game. But remember, a criminal defense attorney in trial isn't there to prove that you're innocent. It's their job to create a reasonable doubt. That's why they study hard, pay big bucks for law school, and charge you an arm and a leg and all of the money you have stashed in your mattress to help you in your quest to walk out a free person. Where there is injustice for one, there is injustice for all. Welcome to Felony Miami. Let's air it out. Hello and welcome back to Felony Miami. I'm your host, Joe Stone, and in the studio today, we have three guests Three heavy-hitting criminal trial lawyers. To my left, Sabrina Puglisi. Sabrina is a Florida board-certified criminal trial attorney since 2008. And in Florida, there are only 370 board-certified criminal attorneys out of approximately 85,000 attorneys. That's just here in Florida. Or is that just in Miami? It seems like yeah. it's just in Miami. Uh, I don't it's even just...
1: know the answer to that. We're already starting with tough questions.
0: <laughs> yeah, right to it. Uh, she has the unique experience of having worked for both the Miami Dade Public Defender's Office and the Federal Defender's Office for the Southern District of Florida, where she has gained invaluable experience as a trial attorney, handling hundreds of different cases from, tre- from uh, pre trial to trial. Thank you for being here. Welcome.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. And directly in front of me is Peter Schoenthal. Showing it all, Mm -hmm. showing it all.
2: The best way to remember it.
0: (laughs) Peter is a skilled criminal defense attorney who has dedicated his life to his passion, trials. Peter believes that a criminal defense attorney must not only embrace but thrive while in trial in order to fully serve one's client. Trial is deemed as a dying art as numbers have dropped over the years due to plea bargains, I'm sure. I admit, man. (sighs) Yeah. And and mans yeah. Um, however, uh, this is an art form that he has dedicated his life to, and in order to best serve those who he represents, Peter describes himself as an old school attorney with a new aged approach. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Okay, Alfredo Isaguirre. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I got the R roll in there. Alfredo is a Coral Gables criminal defense lawyer, serving clients in criminal or civil matters statewide. Alfredo has tried some of the most complex cases in several districts of the county and including those stemming from international allegations. And he has claimed victories in all of those arenas of law and recently obtained an acquittal in federal court for a client who was charged with murder and kidnapping and was facing the death penalty. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you for being here.
3: Thanks for inviting me. All right, so
0: let's get right into this. Do you guys feel like you have to shower and bathe after a, your day's work
2: as criminal defense attorneys, or is that like... Well, I think it's always good to shower and bathe after oh. a long day's work, but... um, No, not, not-, <laughs> 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 not necessarily. Um, you know, a lot of people will be like, oh, how do you do what you, know, what you do, and I don't... You know, a lot of it's representing the con- Constitution, and... I think all of us have the same feeling that we have a passion for what we do, so we love what we do. So, you know, at the end of the days, wor- you know, at the end of the day, it was a lot of work, and you know, it's long days, but I don't, I don't feel like uh, icky or anything like that.
1: There's never no. been one day I've ever been ashamed of what yeah. I do. Yeah. I think that we're fighting the good fight. We are on the side of people who, so many people, ditch them during these hard times. Most of them just have made a mistake and. Were there to stand by them and help them,
3: I would. I would say that uh, all we do is make sure that the prosecution, mm-hmm. whether it be the U.S. government or the state government, prove their case. Right. And if they can't prove it, then that's it. That's our job: make yeah. them prove it, make them prove beyond a reasonable doubt that somebody did right. what they're charged I, with. Right. Because you know, one of the things that
0: uh, that I think people have. I think television and media has created this thing that people all of a sudden are guilty just because they've been charged. And it's a fact that in our criminal justice system, you are
2: supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. I, I think the the misconception about criminal defense attorneys is that we can be like magicians or we're looking for these loopholes. When really I think a lot of our job is to make sure that all the actors in place within the government, the police um, the FBI, um, state attorneys, um, f- federal uh, USA's. our job is to make sure that they're doing their jobs and they're doing it correctly um, and not cutting any corners and messing with people's lives. It's our job to make sure that the system is working and making sure that no one is wronging people when they shouldn't be wronged.
1: But I think one of the sad facts, the truth is that, you know, People believe you're guilty until proven Mm -hmm. innocent, and that's why there are so much fewer trials now. Because jurors, they come in, and you know it's easy for a judge to say, "Do you believe? Will you agree to follow the law?" And for them to parrot, "Yes, yes, I believe that." (laughs) When in reality, we all know they don't believe that. Yeah, Yeah, you know, do
0: you ever think? I just was having a conversation with somebody the other day. Do you ever think like looks have anything to do with this? Like if somebody's not and I'm not saying black or white, I mean somebody that's maybe more attractive
3: than somebody yeah, else that that has a lot to do with it that does uh, right sometimes you know a female juror could say oh that that individual looks like my son, he reminds me of my son right you know, or oh, that person looked like somebody who used to I don't know, do something bad, or that guy looks like a bad guy. Right. You know, his male juror could be like, "I right. get with her;
2: she's kind of right." Or, it, it's 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 human emotions to when you first see someone to to make judgment. I mean, we we all do it. I, to say that we don't would be a lie. And I think that happens in a courtroom. I think when people, you know, look at your client, they're making preconceived you know notions and judgments. And we do that with jurors. You know, mm-hmm. when we do our yeah. voir dire, um, I'm getting a little you know a little glimpse into their lives, and I'm making judgments right there when the juror then the panel walks in. And a wadier Um, is when you
0: question... pick a jury. You pick a jury questions. Okay.
2: And so when when people walk in, I'm automatically, the first thing I'm doing is making judgments, and sometimes those judgments change, but I think that's just human nature. Judging a book by Mm -hmm. its cover. Yeah. 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 That's obviously how we got that expression. Mm -hmm.
0: That's
1: why so often, you know, when (laughs) I used to be a public defender, and depends on the clients you have, but you're always... Trying to make sure your client looks nice in a trial, right? right? I mean, you don't send them suit and tie. To, yeah, you haircut, say, Wear yeah. your nice, your best church clothes. Sure. You know, you're trying to give the impression. Exactly.
3: It's kind of tricky, though. It's a drug <laughs> case. You don't want a $10,000 Armani suit. <laughs> no, no, true. Keep <laughs> the expensive you watch and right. rings at <laughs> home. <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so you mentioned the police and keeping everybody in line and the prosecutor. Uh, have you guys experienced, um, corrupt police, corrupt prosecutors that come in and just app ab- like absolutely lie? And have you been able to catch them?
2: Yes. Tell me a story about that. Yes. Um, I, th- I think in, in any field you have good and bad, you have good apples, bad apples. So in, in the legal field, there's plenty of bad lawyers, um, but there's plenty of good ones. And I think same thing with police and same thing with, with prosecutors, um, I think the most dangerous prosecutors sometimes are the ones that their sole goal is to win. It's not about justice. It's about I want to win.
0: Well, you guys both worked, uh, uh, Sabrina and, and Peter, you both worked in the defend- defender's office, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you I know, did not know. Okay. So, I mean, that must have given you a slightly different perspective on the whole relationship, right? I mean, has it?
2: Yes and no, but I think because... You you deal with prosecutors all the yeah, time. Yeah,
3: I mean so. there is certain prosecutors have certain reputations. Oh, you know, this person is unreasonable. You have to either threaten them to go to trial or actually go to trial and then potentially get a good deal when the jury's outside. Uh, right. That and kind so, of deal. So let's
0: yeah. say before you go to trial, because I, I know Peter, you love going to trial. I'm assuming all three of yes. you love going to trial. Mm-hmm. That's like
2: Can't do that if where you where don't you, love it. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: That's reason. But how often are you caught up? Uh, in, in between the actual going to trial and taking the plea? And do you leave that decision solely up to your client?
1: Well, I do mostly federal now, more so than state practice. And in federal court, it's very rare that that cases are going to trial. And there are various reasons for that. But okay. um, we have an obligation to always uh, confer uh, a plea to our clients, we have to. So, um, at the end of the day, I always leave it in that person's hands. I say to them, "It's not my life; it's your life. These are your choices. These are your options. These are the pros and cons, and you have to make that decision yourself." Yeah. But you know, as far as the prosecutors go, I think it depends on how personally they take it. Mm-hmm. You know, if this is because this is really a job. And we're all just doing our job, and we can agree to disagree. I'm on one side. You're on the other side. And I hope that I can go to work and, at the end of the day, go home knowing this is a job for me. I'm passionate about it, but it's still a job. And the problem you run into is when you see those police officers or those prosecutors that – take it personally it's not just a job for yeah. them they either have something some vendetta against that particular client or that issue right. that's where you run into problems yeah
2: and I think that's why mitigation is also so important because the the purpose at least for me with mitigation is now, when how do you say mitigation what do you mean um I was gonna basically how do I take my client from being a number or a defendant and make that a human being to the prosecutor okay. and showing that this is a real person who's, you know, there's pitfalls in their lives, things have happened to them, you know, th- things in the system have happened to them, and it kind of gives a, a better, the prosecutor a better grasp of who you that try person to is and humanize them. Yes, them. yes yeah. humanize them. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting. So you it, you do use that as a technique to, tr- to try to get through to the prosecutor, to create, hey, this is a guy, you know, he had a mom, he had a dad, he had a grandma, he had a grandpa.
2: In plea negotiations always because, you know, a lot of times in plea negotiations, you're kind of coming with your hat in your hand and you're trying to, you know, accomplish a certain goal. But I think while doing that, and I think we'd all agree, it's important that when you get a case, you always think from the back to the front. You're preparing it for trial and you're preparing it the best you can while also doing those little things because you have to be ready for everything. And the better you prepare for trial, the better you find defenses, the better you find um ways through the law to better your case that also strengthens your negotiation along with your mitigation right. and that's why it's important
0: yeah. so um when you when you uh got this this guy off uh, for murder and kidnapping yeah um he was facing the death penalty i um, just real quick around the table yes. uh, who here is in favor of capital punishment uh, sabrina no uh- Blank faces. Uh,
1: but I'll tell you my reason is is just because I think the death penalty if you kill somebody it's a much quicker easy I way mean, out. It's easy an easy way, way out. out. I think that if if you are deserving, you have committed that ultimate crime that is so heinous you deserve to sit every day in prison for the rest of your life. No TV. Like, mm-hmm. it should be a yeah. horrible life. It shouldn't be as quick as, you know, now you're dead and done.
2: Not right. only that, we just get it wrong too many times for it to be. It, it's, you know, I understand why certain people would like it in theory, but there's just been too many instances where we've gotten it wrong and
3: it's too late to, to, mm-hmm. to overturn that that wrong. Yeah. You know? That's exactly. very true. Yeah. So,
0: and you obviously don't believe in capital I, punishment.
3: I think that... Uh, it's excessive. In some cases, it is appropriate, but obviously not at all. So, kind of gray area, I guess. So,
0: how did you approach getting this this uh, person that was that was convicted of murder and kidnapping uh, acquitted?
3: Well, the uh, the initial um, issue of potentially why the death penalty was waived is the individual that he was accused of killing was also a drug dealer that they had abducted. So, this I guess victim had ripped off. Uh, a lot of drugs. So the victim was a bad guy. Yes, exactly. So that it, made it, it like. Yeah. Ah. So it, it, the issue of <laughs> the issue of death or life never went to the jury. It was waived before the actual trial started. And that's because you brought that. We to We brought that. You know that this was not a uh, law-abiding, you know, altar boy, squeaky clean individual. You Reverse know, he mitigation. Was, he, uh, <laughs> he was a uh, he was somebody who ripped off drug dealers. You know. Oh, okay. Um, okay. And then the jury obviously then found him not guilty of the murders. And how long did it uh, did that trial take you to? That or? trial took about uh, I want to say a week and a half, six the seven. The actual days. trial, but how yes. long did the
0: whole thing take? The case
3: you? was about uh, I want to say ten months, or ten months, a year. Yeah. What's your guys' average uh, time to
0: prepare for a trial?
2: They're all different. Uh, mm-hmm. y- you you guys are more... I
0: mean, in- for like a, a, a heavy crime, murder or uh, something. It depends yeah. if it's yeah. state
1: court or federal yeah. court. So in state court, you know, trials take a long time to prepare. You could be two, three, four, five years even before uh, on a death yeah. penalty case. It could be at least five years before you're going to get to court. But in federal court, things move much, much faster. So it's unheard of to do a death penalty case you know within 10 months i mean yeah. that's unheard
3: I, of my case was continued uh twice yeah okay. i have uh, state cases of murders that uh, i've been working on for about 3 years and the federal case was continued twice my state cases have been continued about uh, i don't know, we're going on continuance number 25 wow <laughs> you know? so and why do these things get continued explain what um, that is in, when you're in a trial in state court you have the right to take depositions okay um, so you have to, in a murder there's you know a lot of police officers, a lot of witness victims, CSI. So you have to take the deposition, especially in a murder case that you know it's going to go to trial and the stakes are high. Um, and if you don't depose one of these individuals and the defendant ends up getting convicted and there's issues about whether you did or did not do a good job because you do not take every deposition on the case. You know? um, so you do have to take every single deposition and interview every witness. Right. Um, so that does take a lot of time. And that's you know. not always easy. You got to serve subpoenas. You got to find out yep. where people are.
2: Oftentimes, people will reschedule. They won't come in for depositions, and those depositions are are, are extremely important to unraveling—not unraveling, but learning about your case. Depositions right. are oftentimes the best place to learn about yep. your case, which is why federal is a whole different animal. But
1: honestly, that's what makes his win even more yes. impressive. Yeah. Is because right. he wasn't Thanks. entitled <laughs> to depositions, reports, all but those things. You're not entitled
0: to that at the federal level. In
3: federal, no. In federal, you. Know what the police officer is going to say when when he gets up there. Sometimes you have a brief uh, report, mm-hmm. but you don't you don't ever have the right to confront the witness before they testify.
1: They call it trial by ambush. Yeah,
3: that's the federal level. Mm-hmm. Right, the conviction rates I think like ninety 95%. ninety five mm-hmm. yeah. percent. It's insane.
0: Do you guys ever ask your clients if they did it?
1: I don't really care if they did it or not. I I don't really ask that because. It doesn't matter to me whether they did it or not. That's not what my job is. My job is to... Fight for that person the best way yeah. that I can. Yeah.
3: I, I don't ask that. Either. I don't, I, I don't, you don't want it, ask it. No,
2: I don't ask it specifically, but I do try to encourage my clients to tell me as much as possible. And that when they speak to me, it's a safe space. Right. We have confidentiality because the more I can learn from my client, the better it helps me prepare for the case. Yeah. I but know but how it's coming. Does that,
0: but how does how do you square that if? Um, if oh, lovely. Uh, oh, sorry. We have some work being done in the building today. Uh, no worries. Uh, our trusty engineer will get that out, I'm sure, in post. But um, So how do you square that, though, if you're looking down the barrel of somebody that you know is being honest with you and said, yeah, you know what? I did that. That's right. I mean, how, uh, how do you move forward with that, with defending them if they get super honest with you and let you know that you, they did it?
2: You represent the Constitution. You know, when we take our oath, it's to um, represent our clients to our best ability to give them the best defense possible. And remember, our job is still to make sure that the state or the you know the federal government and all other actors are doing their jobs and that they're not doing anything wrong. I I think the documentary "Making a Murderer" is kind of one of the best Mm
1: -hmm. examples
2: of that. You know, who knows what really happened, but those type of acts, no matter whether you're innocent or guilty, cannot be done to ensure proper. Justice is being carried out. And you
1: can still go to trial with somebody who tells you that they've done it. Now, there's questions about whether you can put that person on On the the stand stand or not to testify. (laughs) Because if you honestly believe that that person is going to lie, you cannot... Put them on, or they have to testify in a narrative. Would well,
0: you suffer some consequence if you knew? Potentially. You, really? What yeah, kind you, of consequence you would be suffer?
3: helping them commit perjury and potentially the Florida bar. It's
1: unethical. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So
3: sometimes if you ask, hypothetically, if you ask, yes. they say yes. Okay, now they have admitted to you that they said yes, that you, they did it. Yeah. In the middle of the trial, now, he said he's always, he never wanted to testify. Now in trial, he says, I want to testify and say that I didn't do it. Right? Dilemma. Now you are in a, you're in a pickle. Well, if I have this guy testify, he told me he didn't do it. He told me he did it. Now he's going to go up there and say he didn't do it. Now I'm going to help him commit perjury. So now you have an ethical issue with the floor. So what do you
0: do if that happens?
3: I personally never ask him if they did it or not. But
0: what if that happens? What do you do? Do you say, hey, hey, wait, hold time. What's the procedure? What uh, do you do? Technically, I
3: think you just ask him, well, what do you want to say about what happened? And you just let him go and say, him or her, say whatever it was that they want to say and get off their chest. Without you... Uh, but no, uh, let's say that's I've had like a hundred trials, yeah. and
1: I've never had that situation You've never happen. Never had that happen. No, so I mean, I think that's like maybe the law school exam yeah. question yeah. <laughs> for yeah. ethics. Oh, yeah. What okay. you're asking <laughs> It's just not what would happen in everyday life.
0: It's just <laughs> okay. So <laughs> <laughs>
2: the tough questions are starting. It's a scenario. Yeah, 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 yeah
0: the right. tough yeah. questions are coming.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: what uh, uh, What would you say the most difficult part of the, the criminal defense trial? What what part of preparing and or or actually presenting? What's the most difficult part for you guys?
1: I think voir dire, because I think you can win or lose a case yeah. Yeah. with your jury, and it's very very difficult. Um, you are trying to pick six or 12 people, depending on if you're in state or federal court. You're trying to pick these people who you don't know. Right. You've never met them before. You've got a piece of paper that they've written some thoughts about, answered some questions. Okay. And in federal court, some of these judges don't even allow you to ask any questions mm-hmm. of these people. So how are you supposed to know whether someone is going to be fair and and judge your client, you know, appropriately.
0: So, what kind of questions do you ask a potential juror?
3: What do you, I mean, what do you think of somebody who's behind a police car? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think oh. they did something.
2: I mean, I ask you, you have yeah. st- anything like that, or okay. I ask them where they get their news from. You know, I'll, I'll pose okay. it. You know, do you do you watch local news? Do you, you know, see I, I try not to.
0: You're, look, show, you're show looking give it what, to of those Fox viewers, yes. I know. Yeah, that. Right but, but, I'm to, oh, man. but I'm trying to phrase it in a way where they don't
2: kind of know where I'm going. You know, I always I always make the joke that my mother's addicted to Facebook, so she gets her news from Facebook. Okay. You know, I, you know, I watch local news. You know, I have friends that watch CNN. Where do you get your news from? Because. Okay. When we when we go, you
0: no, know, you want those people that are saying NPR.
2: Yeah, well, we're the, we're, the, we're, we're the <laughs> last. Oh, yeah, and here, we're the last ones to go. So they've heard a lot of these questions. They're kind of either zoning you out or overly tuned in. But and the
0: defense you, is the last one to ask. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the the prosecution asks, does the judge ask? The judge first. The judge first. first, okay. And what kind of questions is he asking usually? Usually they have
1: standard questions that they have, like, they'll have the people answer them in a little sheet of paper beforehand. Like,
0: have you ever been arrested? Yes. Okay. Yes. Have you
1: been on a trial before? Was it a criminal or a civil trial? Okay. Don't tell us the verdict, just did you guys reach a verdict? Were you the foreperson? Okay, okay.
2: Has anyone you know been a a victim of a crime? Have you been a victim? of a crime right okay and then prosecution goes and
0: then
3: the defense after. and then you guys but the, the a lot of times the questions that the judge asks are questions yes. where they want the response of yes i can be fair and impartial instead of saying right. hey what do you think about this case they'll ask you hey sir you can uh, be fair and impartial in this uh trial correct the person's right. going to right.
0: say yes. They'll actually okay. specifically, do you think you could be fair and impartial in this? Uh, the, as they sit the, abo- up the, here yeah.
3: looking yeah. down, uh, you be uh, do yeah, fair sir. and impartial? Yeah. Do you understand you. a person yeah.
1: has a constitutional right to not testify, and you cannot hold it against them if he chooses not to testify? Do you understand that, and, and will you agree with that? What are they going to say? No, but everybody wants to hear from the defendant. Have you ever met anybody who doesn't want to hear from somebody? Yeah.
0: I mean, I've sat on a jury. Uh, I was actually criminal the foreman um, in a federal criminal case. Oh, okay. oh yeah, look wow. At you. Yeah, no, it was super cool. And I was the foreman. I was very... <laughs> <laughs> <It> was <laughs> like, <laughs> I got this. You're, you can do this with us. <laughs> was yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was questions? honestly, and I would encourage anybody that that can hear me talking on this show, if you get the opportunity to go sit in on a jury, do it. It's probably one of the most um, interesting... And um, inspiring things as a citizen well, because not, you feel super connected to to your community and that you're serving and doing something really positive for for your community.
2: Not only that, I have friends and family that ask me all the time, how do I get off jury duty? And I, I refuse to tell them. Mm-hmm. Our government asks very li- – we don't have a draft anymore. You pay your ta- – but this is like the one thing that we still ask for people. And right. if you were in that situation, you would hope – that like-minded people or you know real people would right. not be looking for excuses to go back to work, and so it's very important to serve on juries and and be a part of that process. And so I refuse to help people when they ask me that yeah. question. No,
0: yeah, I always tell people, why would you want to get off? I said, it's the coolest. It's right. such a cool yeah. process. It's so interesting, and you actually see how the system works. And yes, I remember the the judge looking down at me, you know, uh, and he was going down the line. Have you ever been arrested? Have you ever been arrested? And you know, he asked me, and I was like. I wonder if this guy's gonna do a background check. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, I kinda hesitated. I was like, well, Yeah. You know, he was like, I have to ask. And I was like, uh, disorderly conduct college. He's like, <laughs> next guy. There, right know, he was like, uh-huh. Is that it?
1: <laughs> yeah. We're making him the four person. Yeah, great.
0: <laughs> he gets it. <laughs> so, um, so Wadir is your most difficult. What's your most difficult part of the trial? For preparing or being involved in the the
2: criminal trial? Not being a slave to my notes. Listening. We go in there and we prepare so much, and oftentimes we want to rely too much on our preparation. If I'm doing a cross-examination, I've got not a script, but I've got my outline, and I have this idea of where I know where it wants to go, but oftentimes someone gives you an answer and it throws you off. And you got to be able to listen, think on your feet, and trust your preparation and the evidence where you can go exploit that, or examine that. And too many times, I think a lot of lawyers they get thrown off by that because they're stuck to their script. So I think listening in trial, and not being stuck to my notes and my script is is is
3: uh, one of the pitfalls that I try to avoid. Very cool. I would agree. Cross examination is probably the the hardest thing I've been in trial, and I've had notes I prepared, you know, for two days for this witness. So cross examination. Cross-examination means um, that you go second on yeah. The, uh, the prosecutor asks the witness questions, open-ended questions, and okay. then we ask leading questions, obviously, trying to okay, get so, what Okay, so want.
0: so break that down for me real quick. So the prosecutor, you said, asks open-ended questions.
3: Right. Who, Kinda what, like, when, what, where, what hap- why. What happened? When, what, Tell when, me where, what happened, without trying to infer an answer. Okay. Um, and then we ask, we should ask most of the questions, our leading questions, meaning... Hey, you did this, correct? You know, kind of forcing the witness to say what it is. We at least try to get them to say, well, Joe, them. you're right. wearing a
2: T-shirt. It's blue. It has a V-neck. You're wearing, like, leading them into right, it. You're, okay. get, you're feeding them the
3: answer. Okay, yes and no. Is that correct? Uh, yes, that's yeah. correct. <laughs> yeah, okay. But I mean, you could only lead so much when the witness says, no, you're wrong. You know, or they'll stop you. Or if uh, you have a witness who's a uh, female who's crying on the stand, Okay. Your whole approach of getting aggressive on a witness is going to go out the door because you can't uh, start asking hard questions to a female who's crying on the stand. You can if you want to, but then the jury's going to take it, you know, hold they're it gonna against think you. you're a think dick they're a and jerk. they're going to exactly. say, hey, come on, take uh, it easy on the girl. Yeah, they may be quiet, but then at the end of the day, you're going to find out what they thought when they found your client guilty.
1: I remember getting so, <laughs> a not guilty yeah. once in state court where it was, um, I was cross examining a girl. And she started getting so nasty with me. And so I just backed off. I was like sweet as I could be and asking questions and you know later jurors it was a not guilty jurors came later and were like she was so mean to you we <laughs> yeah. didn't like her and <laughs> it's because you have to listen you have to pay attention you have to be in the moment as peter said you can't be so focused on notes and preparation that you're not seeing what's right in front of you opportunities Absolutely. right yeah. in yeah. front of you
2: Absolutely. it's like it's like a like sports you know you watch film you prepare for the game but Sometimes things just happen, and sure. sometimes you get punched in the mouth, and it's how you respond and, yeah. and how you go once you get that curveball. And right. I think that's what differentiates the good from the great when it comes to trial lawyers. Yeah.
0: yeah, It's a super interesting. Uh, one of our producers wants to know um, if you guys can tell us how discovery impacts the pretrial process in Florida as compared to other states. If you know, because I know Florida has some unique uh, laws
2: also well, that they're different from some. Uh, well, depositions. Mm-hmm. We yeah, didn't talk about, the I think we're one difference. of. And that's people, only
0: in state court. Yes. Right. You can't do that in federal. It's one but, of no. the
1: few states that yeah, still allow one depositions. Three,
2: oh, really? We're one of three states, I believe. And okay. And we, we have a fact checker. We can look yeah. that up. Can I you believe, tell us the other, the other two states, fellas? I believe we're one of only three states that even allows depositions on criminal cases. And. That's just so important. And that that changed the game because you have an opportunity to interview your witness beforehand. So you know what's coming. If they change that story, you can impeach them. But then there's also a negative to it. You know, if you do your deposition as if you're going to cross-examine them, now that witness is getting used to your cadence. They're getting used to the way you ask questions. And they're kind of getting a feel for you. So it can work both ways, but it's more positive. Uh, You can get witnesses
3: out of there, too. Yeah. Yeah. Ask a witness. Who else was there? They may not be wit- they may not be listed as a witness by the state attorney, Right. but he's going to give you a list of everybody else he thinks is there. So, oh, so you, you can go get that person. You can continue to build yeah. on it. Yeah. And also- and
0: uh, and just like in the movie My Cousin Vinny, best movie ever. Ever, can, do you uh, do you have to share that same
3: information with the prosecution? Uh, I mean, you have to give them a notice that you're going to potentially set a depot, but not if you're going to speak to a witness. You do. So I'm
0: trying to think. I think that movie was in Alabama. I wonder if they actually Mm -hmm. are the other state that has the... uh... Or War Dame Eagle. (laughs) Or War
2: Eagle. But but I think also one of the good things about depositions is it allows us to, especially with, with victim cases... We get to do the deposition of the victim. And sometimes we get to ask them how they feel about the case, what they want. Because sometimes we'll talk to the prosecutor and they'll be like, this person is on board. They want prison time. Then I'll get that person in front of me with the prosecutor there. And they're like, I just wanted a little scare. I wanted a little probation. And now I've got that on the record. And that kind of changes things sometimes. Mm -hmm. So that also
3: works. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Victims have to approve, most of the time, approve what is going to be offered to the defendant in state court.
1: The problem I see just is Uh, it's very unfair because – you know, we have people's lives in our hands. Yeah. And, you know, that we shouldn't be able to be as prepared as possible is just unfair. Agreed. In civil cases, there is an exchange of discovery. Everything is exchanged. Depositions are taken. Yet, you know, they want to get rid of depositions in state court in Florida. Who's they?
2: The legislature, a
0: lot. The legislature. Great. They they
1: don't want it. All the people who don't want it, prosecutors police officers
0: is that a republican led agenda
2: is that a, a democratic
0: led agenda is that <sighs> a, i guess if it's Cri- the current florida legislature
2: it's mostly Cri- republican right. but right. Crim- yeah. but criminal justice is, is interesting cuz you'll even get a lot of liberal people that are that are like why should we help out the criminals right it, it, yeah. it, it yeah, goes but what back if to they the actually didn't do pro- it but it goes back to we have innocent until proven guilty but it goes back to when you're in that chair especially at trial you must have done something. You're yeah. here. right? Even yeah, if that's you're liberal, exactly. right.
1: you know people yeah. don't like criminals. I mean, or people accused of it's crime. That's why I don't like
2: the fact that we call it criminal law, or, right. or you know, you're in criminal court. Interesting. It automatically yeah. means you're a criminal. People I, I think, think,
3: hey, if there's smoke, there's fire. That's what. Yeah. Oh, for, for the sure. Most part, I mean,
0: know. I'm super liberal. I'm, I mean, I'm conservative on some things, but uh, in general, I was brought up liberal. Uh, you know, and, I and I still do that, mm-hmm. yeah. and I, but I know better. I know better to say wait. It's, it's actually innocent until proven guilty, but still my mind wanders and goes, come on. What's the guy even doing? Yeah. Right. Getting but, arrested. But, but it can happen. We've seen mistakes made.
1: Right. And t- but to not let us even be as prepared as we possibly can be. Right. It, it it's just not right. You know, yeah. what's the point of that is not having a level playing field. That's that's all anybody can ever ask for in life. Just make it fair, especially when oh, lives
2: yeah. are on the line. Yeah. So, yeah. when did this
0: uh, change? D- did we ever have depositions allowed for federal cases, and did that get changed? Or uh, it seems I don't like know. yeah, I it seems you like you know I, I don't, don't, don't know, know the answer to okay. that. I mean, so as long as you all have been practicing, yeah, yeah there's that. Been,
3: never many, been many, many, yeah. many years yeah. in federal
1: way. court. Depositions right. have not been allowed, if ever. So for for criminal cases, right? For civil yeah.
3: cases, they, they allow you different. Yeah, yeah. civil yeah. stuff is different.
2: Yeah. Which you would think it'd be the other way around, right? Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to recall when I was on that. It was a fraud case, but I guess it was just evidence being
2: introduced. Yeah. Well, when when you're even where there's depositions, you're not going to necessarily hear about the depositions when you're on the jury unless someone's being impeached, which means they give a different story at one time and now they're giving a different story on the stand. So I can point that out. Um, but the actual. Oh, and you'll dep- go back and read from the deposition You remember when you came in three weeks ago and there was a court reporter typing away and you swore to tell the truth, the whole truth. Right. And you said A, and now that same court reporter's here and you're telling me B. You know, now we can call them out. But other than that, I mean depositions really aren't being right, brought they're in. Not in. In ovens. civil court, sometimes they don't even call witnesses, they just read the depots. That's the witness testifying is the depot read. The so depots are a little different. Okay. And, and one of the best ways to show that is criminal depositions are so unique that there isn't even rules for it. We, we rely on the civil rules of procedure when it comes to depositions. There isn't like a criminal rule book on depositions in Florida. Oh, we no. rely on the civil rules. Just the standard civil rules.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay, so now tell me, besides winning, what's your favorite part of dealing with a criminal trial? besides side's winning, we all know. I was like, the, the winning, is, winning? Come on, we all know the winning is. <laughs> <laughs> i got to uh, take that out.
2: <laughs> does walking someone out of uh, court e- after a win count? Uh, yeah. Or is that winning?
0: <laughs> no, that's winning. Everything okay. up until that verdict is read and they read it in your favor. What's your favorite part of, of, of digging into these criminal trials and, and, and trying to get that not guilty verdict?
2: When I know I picked a good jury. When I know that my voir dire went the way I want it to and I've got a panel that gives me a shot. When I know that I had a good voir dire or I crushed a closing. Those are the two things.
0: Yeah. Oh, no, When you say when you crushed a closing, does that means like a closing
2: argument? Yeah, a closing argument. Yeah,
0: yeah. And you walk away and you just got that big shit-eating grin on your face.
2: You're like, I killed that. Well, man. I only have the shit-eating grin. <laughs> <laughs> shit-eating grin while I'm walking back. And as soon as I turn oh, yeah, back around right to right the right jury, it's, it's back. It's one
3: of yeah. oh, those. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you. Uh, Besides, obviously, getting a not guilty, I would the second favorite thing I like is uh, being able to bond the client out in federal court at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, bond, you know. yeah. In state court, it's kind of automatic. Um, but in federal court, a lot of times you have to have a hearing and fight for that hearing in order to bond the client out. Well,
0: don't you always have to have a bond hearing? Yes, but mm-hmm. it, in
3: state court, it's it's more of a like a this is a standard bond yeah. and move on. The, yeah, because uh, they have an actual schedule right, right. In, in state fe- court yeah. for In bond? federal court, they actually yeah. really look at, close at the, look at each defendant closely. Right. You know and, we're
0: one of the only two countries in the world with a money bond system, with a money bail system? It's a joke. It's us and, and the Philippines. It's a joke. FYI. <laughs> Just if you would.
3: But, um, yeah. you know, most of these... Uh, Individuals uh, got arrested that early day or the night before. Okay, they got dragged out of their house. Uh, most of the time, their wives, their kids saw that gunpoint. Everybody's at gunpoint, handcuffed. Is it
0: usually like FBI or Homeland
3: Security? Yeah, FBI, yeah. D.A. Uh, really? Uh, anybody? And, and that's federal. The federal bond. Yes, yes, yeah. And uh, you know, so next day bond hearing, everybody's crying. Nobody slept. Right. You know, what's going on? Is my husband or my brother or my son going to get and, out? And, and tell, then them, you tell get them me them out. how that process, alive, yeah. how that that process
0: goes. How does that work? Do they walk them into the room? Is it on a video camera? How, tell uh, me how no, that whole it's, thing it's goes. A,
3: it's, uh, it's in court. They actually bring them to the hearing. Okay. Okay. The State United court, States yeah.
1: Marshals. They're yeah. the ones that— The U.S. Marshals. Yeah. The U.S. Marshals. Yeah. They bring them in. They sit them down. But in federal court, any transport of prisoners is done by the U.S. Marshal Service.
0: Really? Mm-hmm.
3: Interesting. So they'll walk them in, and then what happens? They bring them next to you. You have your hearing. You uh, cross-examine, yeah. a lot of times, cross-examine the agent who's handling the case Okay. Uh, to see what evidence they have against your client. And then you make some uh, arguments regarding uh, ties to the community. You know, Does this guy have a family? Is he going to flee? Does he have money somewhere else? Does right. he own property somewhere else? And then the judge makes a judgment call, and specifically how, and, as to each, each defendant.
0: And this is your favorite part. When you get winning, a it. Yes. winning it, yes, yes, but not you losing used, it. Winning, you, it. winning. <laughs> you can't use a winning. Thing. You took the good one away. Yeah, 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 yeah. The second
3: one is, you know, Come on. winning the ball hearing. Well,
0: obviously, okay. <laughs> he went to a winning. <laughs> 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 Tell me, what's your your favorite part?
1: I would say a good cross examination, yeah. knowing that you got good points off of this person that you just as he said, crush the closing argument, <laughs> right. crush the witness. Look, you made them look bad. And you look at the jury and they're like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, that's
2: you right. get that head nod. That guy's out. a liar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: There's no yeah. better feeling
2: when you get that jury head nod with you. <laughs> yeah. like, I know what you're and doing. You're like,
1: yeah. Like, yeah. Uh,
0: classic. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. So um, have you any of you experienced um, uh, first-hand corruption like, during a case? Have you, like, like actually been able to say, there, this This is corrupt, been able to spot it and, and identify it and point it out and have some sort of resolution? Has that ever happened to any of you? Have you ever seen In the seen middle that?
2: of trial or in general?
0: Just in general, in a case.
1: I can say I have. Tell us. Uh, well, I'll say that in a case that I had... Um, I do believe that the prosecutor did some unethical things um there was evidence that was buried that was what kind of a case was it it was if I say it, everyone's gonna know it was it was my baseball case it was I represented a baseball trainer okay. and um it was What was the baseball a large, trainer charged with? With alien smuggling. It was a large case here in the Southern District of Florida. We took it to trial, and mm-hmm. he was unfortunately found guilty. Um, I believe 100% that he's innocent. And um, I do believe that that some things were done. How much
0: time did, uh, did he get sentenced to?
1: Um, the judge was good to us in that she sentenced him to 63 months. It's five years, three months. The... Um, The government wanted at first 20 years they were asking for. We made some legal arguments and the minimum mandatory was five years. Um, But it's impossible to prove that. As much as I might think unethical things happened, um, I couldn't prove that. I don't know it to be true 100%. It's what my belief is based on some circumstances. But at the end of the day, you know, Proving corruption. It's not like the movies where the TV shows where, you know, um, I'm right now watching Suits. I I don't know if you know (laughs) that show. I know I'm watching it on on Amazon, and I love it. It's so great, but it's just not realistic, you know? You're not finding that the person, you know, acted unethically and the case is getting dismissed. It's just impossible. No no Perry
3: Mason moment. Yeah, Yeah, and I think that's why
2: we all paused because we all have situations where we're like, we think we're like 98% sure, right. but it's just too hard to prove it, um, which is why body cams are great. But um, like when I was started at the public defender's office and they have this unit called early representation. When you first get the felony, you're representing people from the time they're arrested until the cases are actually filed. So you're kind of helping them there. And I remember reading an arrest form. Uh, someone was arrested for crack cocaine possession. And the arrest form literally said I was out in a um, – in a high-crime area, and we all know that means a low-income area. Mm-hmm. And this gentleman approached me and says, Officer, I have crack on me. And he arrested her. <laughs> we all know that's not how it Everybody it does that. Right. Yeah. Excuse me. And, but there's no, I'd like to have a heart attack. And that case was thrown out because it was so egregious, but it was never proved that it was corruption right. or that this officer lying. lied. But we all have instances like that, which I think why we pause, we just can't always prove it as right. much as we'd like to. <laughs>
1: Almost never can you prove no. it. And that's why it's hard to even talk about it because it's like that that thing nobody wants to talk about. They don't want to, you know, admit that this stuff goes on. Right. Um, but it does.
0: But it does. How, and, and how can that – how can it be changed?
2: How could – Culture.
0: Uh, so culture from the state attorney's office?
2: Everywhere. Culture in the state attorney's office, culture within um, – police and, and FBI, I mean, uh, and we had spoken about this before, I, I think a lot of the times, especially in in police, it should be 50-50 um, combat training and, de- and then the other 50 de-escalation or conflict resolution. But unfortunately, it's probably 95-5. And so you get a lot of, I hate to say this, warriors who are all about just cleaning up the streets and they just overlook certain things. And when your goal is to hit numbers and your goal is to you know, just clean the streets up under your definition, you're going to do whatever it takes. And I think sometimes it goes back to also with prosecutors, the ones that want to win rather than seek justice. And I think yeah. it's, it's a culture. It's a culture. And
1: our judges have an obligation. Yeah. I mean, they, they really, I think it's it's such an important thing to either be elected or appointed to be a judge. Um,
0: well, you, I would agree that the judges are important. I think the, I think it's the culture and and how we deal with, but do you think that mandatory minimums have created, do you think they've created some kind of an imbalance on people's ability to to judge more humanely? I mean, how does that, how have you seen the mandatory minimums affect the system?
3: Well, defendants are getting a lot more time because of it. That's for, that's one thing, you know. Um, Judges sometimes are bound by it. You're in the hands of the prosecution, whether they want to waive it or you're stuck going to trial. Yeah. You, know? so so, you, might,
2: you might have a client who, who's innocent and their mandatory is 20 years and the offer from this, you know, the state of the government is three years and they're making real decisions on what to do. And so your trials are down because of that, because you're just facing so much time. Um, and sometimes it's not worth rolling the dice because we can yeah. never go in there and guarantee our clients, we're going to win this trial. This is a winner. The jury's gonna. We we can't make that guarantee. No matter how much they ask, and so I think the the shift in the way you approach your life changes in, in that in that sense. If that make I don't know if that yeah, came that across. Sense. Well, yeah. Let me
0: ask you a question about about um, trial tax. A trial tax. Now this is an expression that we've heard on a couple of shows.
2: Shout out, Brown yeah. Horstein. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> my man. <laughs> um, before the show, we were talking about the client that got off for murder and kidnapping that was facing the death penalty. Yeah. But you made a comment. I heard you guys talking to say, oh, yeah, trial tax.
3: Yeah, I mean... Uh, tell us what he, it is and then tell us your experience with it. This individual was convicted of uh, marijuana, marijuana, a couple of plants, I think it was uh, under 50 or under 100. I can't remember right now. Okay. The amount of time he would have got for that charge, pleading guilty, would have been about uh, 24 to 36 months, two to three years. And instead, he was sentenced to 20 years. Mm. Um, Because although the jury found him innocent of the murder and the kidnapping, uh, I imagine, I I don't know, but I imagine the judge uh, thought he was guilty. So he said, you know what, let me give this guy the maximum amount of legal time that I can give him. And that's what he did. Why? Because he he went to trial. So this is
1: something that I think the public does not realize is that – Um, In federal court, they have what's called relevant conduct. And what it means is you could be held responsible for acquitted conduct. So you go to trial. You're found guilty of just one thing and not guilty of the rest of the the charges against you. But then um, the judge believes by a preponderance of the evidence. It's not beyond a reasonable doubt. But by a preponderance of the evidence, a much lower standard – the judge believes that you did commit those other things, they can apply that to your guideline calculations and you could be held responsible as if you had committed those things. And so, what we're really saying to jurors is, we don't care about your decision. You know, I know you sat here and you listened and you decided this person should be found not guilty of that. You know what? We're going to instead sentence them as if they were found guilty of that.
2: Right. Would the O. J. Simpson case be an example of that?
1: I don't know. Would okay. we'll the that- the robbery one? Yeah the oh, robbery
2: one. Know. Where basically, you know, his priors that came,
3: in, came into Federal effect. court, a lot of times, it has to be all Now nothing.
1: with the priors, but, because uh, I don't know enough. Was that a state case? Or no, a federal. federal? It was believe, a federal case. I believe case. it was a federal. So potentially, that could have, but. I, I actually don't know. I don't know. know, um, I, don't
2: know. I think that's a good point. I don't I think he was, was in was. Vegas. Uh, yeah, I think it was state. It's state, state. Your case. priors yeah. will come in.
1: Right. Yes,
0: okay. But, but state, here your priors come in. Yeah. Do they not come in at federal? They do. Okay. But we're
1: talking about. Just specifically, stuff you were found not guilty of by a jury. Do you think jurors would be pissed off that they sat there for however many days, tried to make a good decision? (laughs) I mean, you were in that position. I was there for a week. How would you feel if after that you found somebody not guilty and then you found out that he was sentenced, he or she was sentenced, as if it didn't matter that you just sat there all those days? Yeah.
0: So that that happens is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yes.
2: A lot. Yeah.
1: Yes, and people don't realize this.
2: And does that fall under the ex- the, the expression trial tax? Yes. Yeah. And okay. and and in the other episode, Brad talked a lot about it. The way the ju- you know judge will make an offer. You know, because a lot of the times you'll go to the judge, especially in state court, and you'll say, um, you know, the state's offering this. Would you be willing to get involved? And they'll make an offer. And let's say they offer five years, and you go to trial and you lose, the judge will maybe give you ten, 10 years for going to trial and, quote, unquote, wasting their time. Not taking
3: and their offer. Not
2: taking their offer. And the way they get around that, like Brad said, was I learned new facts in the trial that have now changed my mind when the judge hasn't. The judge has the file and they they know everything. You've been litigating a lot of these motions from the from the onset. The judge knows this case very well. But now all of a sudden, you've spent a week of my time. I've had to stay later than I've wanted to. That offer, that was five? No, now you get 10. And that's very prevalent. And oftentimes, we have to explain that to our, to our clients, especially if we know a judge does that. And now that goes into the, you know, it becomes a factor as to whether or not you actually go to trial. Yeah. By the way, your little
0: sidebar on OJ
2: was a state case. Ah, yeah. <laughs> that's why. There we go. <laughs> Thank our researchers for that. Thank you, Fact Check. Oh, yeah.
0: We're still waiting on the information about the other states that, uh, that, that, that have the, uh, the uh, depositions. depositions yeah. yes. So as soon as our fact checkers get busy with that, thank you. Okay.
1: You know, I wanted to just, <laughs> if I could, point something out with you had asked before about the minimum mandatories yes. and how that affects. You know, our government now, um, our attorney general, it has, you know, it, the policy is to be especially tough on crime now. So everything that maybe be minimum mandatories, that maybe the prosecutors used to waive and decide to charge differently, they have now been told through memos into all the U.S. attorney's offices, look, we want you to charge the most severe right. crime that you can. We do not want you to waive minimum mandatories. We want you to be tough. Right. And so, you know, it always changes in the political climate that you have, but definitely, it, it is affected – what happens to the clients and their sentences is affected by politics. And by the yeah.
2: way, I don't believe there's ever been a correlation between being extremely hard on crime and deterrent of crime, although that's the pitch that we all hear.
0: Yeah, no, I mean it's the same, it's the same studies with capital punishment. It, there's no, it's been studied over and over and there's, I mean, empirical evidence that shows it does not deter yeah. people from doing the, the, the yeah. heinous crime. It, it just doesn't. Uh, so, you know, why do we do it again? It, is it is it better to have somebody, if they committed a horrible crime and they were guilty, sit in prison? And then, again, what if it was a mistake? And like you said, now that we have
2: DNA testing, you know, a lot of people have been... Exonerated by it. Yeah. Being tough on crime sells, right? When you're running for office, yes. it sells.
1: Yes. Or what if somebody was a drug user and not really a drug dealer, but... The quantity they had it, yeah. you know goes towards a minimum mandatory well now they're not taking that into consideration they're just going to
0: so how do we change that another pause <laughs> 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 how, how do we change that you guys are going into court on the criminal level how do we how do we you know, affect a change to these, to this, this, this culture, to this, uh, these, these way, these, uh, state attorneys are, are pushing these mandatory minimums, the way the state attorneys are pushing people to take pleas. How, how, how do we change it? Are you guys the ones to change it?
2: Well, I, I think that there isn't necessarily like a, a on point answer, but I think the best way to look at it is, is we have to stop treating cases like black and white. Every incident, it, there's there's always gray. So when we have these minimum mandatories or these set guidelines, you're treating crimes and and acts in black and white manner, and you're negating the gray. And we have judges that are appointed, you know, or elected, and you know we have we're supposed to have trust in these judges and and state attorneys. We should allow more. Um, we should allow them. I, because I'd say more lead way, but then you have the bad actors who then would abuse that. So it, it's tough. But I think having these set, if you do this, you get this, right. I think makes it very difficult to humanize and to show the gray. Because it's never black and white. No. It's, it's never, never black, black and
3: white. Yeah. Nothing's black and white. No. With um, min you can't take the you know, gray into consideration. Yeah,
0: you know? And I think the midmans, I guess, were put into place when... Uh, United States was experiencing a large uptick in violence and violent crimes Mm -hmm. and you know, legislators were like what are we going to do about all this? And now we see that uh, Mm -hmm. violent crime is down, but and I guess, do you guys see arrests and and criminal convictions being reduced or are they the same or are they up?
3: I think arrests are like down, right? I mean, DUIs are down. down. Thank you, Uber. Yeah, Yeah. Uber. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it depends. No. But you know, your answer to before people are doing something about it, organizations are. So, yeah. like NACDL, the yeah. National Association of Criminal Defense Lawyers, FACDL, the Florida Association of Criminal Defense Lawyers, um, Carlos Martinez with the Public Defender's Office, he's always going to Tallahassee. Yeah. These people yeah. are going and they're speaking to the um, to to everybody there, trying to promote um, and explain. Our issues right. so there are people trying to make change yeah
2: it, also yeah. understanding mental health th- that's a big aspect yeah, that's um, a whole show in itself
0: mm-hmm. because okay. for some reason in this country it, it it appears i'm gonna say somewhere in the 60s or 70s that we decided to make our police forces our de facto mental health uh you know providers and it's
2: You don't choose to be homeless, you know?
0: Yeah, well and they're not and and police aren't equipped to to deal with get somebody to Mental health issues. Um it's a uh, that's also a topic I think that I hope we'll we'll start to see more light and and get more airtime because um, I think it's becoming a little less stigmatized, uh, you know, as we move forward, just like, uh, you know, addiction is is not a moral failing. Addiction mm-hmm. is clearly, uh, you know, a disease. Uh, mental health issues are actual real things, you know, even though we can't see, you know, somebody has cancer or, or diabetes, exactly. we treat them, you know, oh my gosh, mental health, we kind of like, Ugh, this guy's acting like a lunatic. Right. Um, but I think there is a changing in, in the tide. I think there's some some stuff changing. Um What's your most heinous crime that you've represented?
3: I hate saying this. Yeah, because it's the most... <laughs> the
0: I most
1: mean, I think film. child molestation yeah, is the or worst. Or child porn. Uh,
3: kind well, of I guess. And you guys child, have
0: yeah. do you, you guys have, have represented people?
1: You know, look, especially you know Peter and I, having been at the public defender's office, yeah. you don't get to choose your cases. You know, uh, as a private attorney, I now have the luxury yeah. of being able to turn down cases. Okay. But when you're a public defender, <laughs> you are there, and you're are you turning down fight. a
0: child uh, porn case or a
2: child sex case?
1: I, I have I have represented um, child okay. porn cases as a, a private attorney.
2: Goes back to the gray area, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I, I think it yeah. depends on the situation. Um, I think you, everybody is entitled to a defense. That's the thing. You may not necessarily I like yeah. um, the kind of case that your client was charged with, but um, I
0: always when I think of when people say that everybody's entitled, I go back to. Um, there was a scene in a miniseries I saw years ago uh, about John Adams. Mm-hmm. And uh, these British soldiers, you know, this is early in the colonies, had, uh, I guess, hurt some people, maybe even killed some people. And they wanted to just string these guys up. And John Adams was like, hold on, these guys deserve a fair trial.
2: It's what makes us different. It's what right. makes our system different. You're innocent until proven guilty. Right. You know, a jury of your peers can make that decision. Right. You know what I mean? People make mistakes. I mean,
0: it, I think it, it all happened that these uh, guys ended up getting uh, the firing squad the H- anyway, right, but right. Yeah, yeah. It was fabulous. <laughs> at least they was, did a process that, for them. But they did the yeah, process yeah. and the guy actually stepped up and I think he took a lot of heat for defending them. He did. Yeah. And
2: I'm sure you guys must take some heat for defending no. child well, pornographers. Well, I mean, you yeah. get it with, I don't know about friends and family. How do you do what you do? How do you sleep at night? Yeah. And I don't think people always understand the oath we take and the fact that the Constitution states that you are entitled to a defense, you know, and that you're entitled to the best defense. And our job a lot of the times is to provide that that representation. We're... I hate to use the word freedom fighters or, you know, we, we represent the Constitution, but we do. And would we want to you know.
1: live in a society where, you know, there were no checks and balances, yeah. where the police could do whatever they wanted and the government could just say you're guilty? Would, do we want to no. live in a society no. like this that? Is no, no, the, no.
3: It is the best system. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: I, it, and, I, yeah, yeah. and I repeat yeah. that on, on, on our it's program from perfect, time to time. It's not perfect, but it's the best, you know. Yeah, I just yeah. saw a fabulous film uh, called The Insult. And their whole judicial system is based on, a, on first, it's one judge. And the guy sits there and hears it. He makes the decision that it goes to a panel of three judges. There's no jury of your peers. It's these three people that sit up there. And if they had a crappy day or if they have, yep. you know, a slant,
3: yeah. you know. And guess what? Everybody tells them they didn't do it. <laughs> same no, guy we, hearing the same thing I'm, over and over. I remember right.
2: watching the, I think it's Oscar Pistorius, the um, the Olympic athlete who had the prosthetics and yeah. he killed his girlfriend. We mm-hmm. were watching the, the trial and being like, why is everyone talking to the judge? This is very weird to me. And literally it's one person making a decision. Exactly. And, and it goes back to also, we have rules of evidence. There's a reason why certain things don't come into trial, right? There's certain reason why, you know, if you say something out of court, there's hearsay, you know, there's all these reasons for it. And the judge shouldn't know those things. And then also make those decisions. Like one of my biggest issues is juvenile court where you'll have a trial in juvenile court. And you know, the rules of evidence apply and you're, you know you're arguing to the judge in juvenile court there isn't a jury mm-hmm. the jury's the judge and I'm making my argument and I'm doing this trial, but I know that the judge has the file right there so when I go and I try a case in front of a jury, the jury's not seeing the police report that officer needs to come in and testify as to what happened, stick to his story, and actually account the details you know recount the details all while the judge is reading the police form right and it's it's to me, it's backwards. There should be maybe a pretrial judge and then a trial right. judge in juvenile,
0: <laughs> right? Because it seems to me that the judge in, in the U.S. uh court system is almost like a kind of like a manager
3: referee, yeah, yeah, like
0: a ref. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, it's not your turn, yeah. uh, you go ahead, okay, and not really the arbiter of, of the final decision. Mm-hmm, right. I mean, I guess there are instances where the judge is, where there's not, I mean, do. Do we have trials. Uh, have you done trials where there's not
3: a jury? You could go bench. Bench, bench trial, but I've never That's done a, a bench trial. Never. No. Right. Never. It just goes to show yeah. you <laughs> none of us would ever
1: choose bench you if wouldn't. you if you could just yeah. because you want a jury. You don't want it to just go to one person. Right. Right.
2: The, the best way right. to lose your job as a public defender, one of the few ways you can, is go bench. No kidding. Yeah, go bench. No. It's really elastic. It. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: a bench trial is just you, them, the and the judge. Yeah. 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 And so nobody does that. No I'm just curious if you think that that might be a a, a better a better system than uh, plea all these plea bargains that are getting plead out because it seems like a lot of these kids are getting these pleas with uh, uh, paroles attached to them mm-hmm. and it's like a setup for failure because it, it seems so easy for them to violate their parole pr- probation, probation. probation. I mean, parole yeah, is pr- abolished yeah, I mean probation here. Yes, yeah we, probation it, yes. well,
2: we don't have parole in this No. Thing. Pro- probation's yeah. a trap probation yeah. I mean yeah. well, I mean I'm sure you guys have all had those those conversations with your client where it's like you can take four you know four years straight or do a year and 10 years on probation and it's hard to tell someone like, "Do the extra three. Right, right. It, but
3: like, we <laughs> don't know the get out right now <laughs> because
2: now, now you're facing You know, now you might be facing on the probation violation. You know, a full. Pe- uh, it, it's because if you violate the
3: probation, And there's so many ways worse. to violate. It's and, worse. And it's worse than pro- they kind of have you. It's easier to convict you
2: once the is different. Probation. When you go to a probation violation hearing, it's not reasonable down in front of a jury. It, no. It's a different standard now. And there, it's in front of the judge. But who's That's gonna a bench trial?
1: Right. But <laughs> yeah. who's gonna who's gonna say? no, you know what I think I'm gonna do four yeah. years in yeah. I'll do instead. The I think I'll do yeah. that instead uh, yeah no of one's gonna say that so it is it's made and they know that they they offer these things knowing what the person is going to pick I would rather all the time I'm just would rather them either give me mm-hmm. a terrible plea which forces my client either to go to trial not not have to choose between picking something that you know is terrible or um, just give me the plea that doesn't include something he'll fail at later.
2: Which is why the bond system is also broken because how many times have you had a client in custody where, you know, they're offering an insane probation term, but it gets them out of jail today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they just got to take it to get out. And you know that that person's going to be stuck in the system for the next five to 10 to 15 years, maybe right. never get out right. and back up in jail. And it was all because they had to get out right then and there. When you might have that same client who comes from a Different background who has the money to maybe bond out, and now they can make more. I don't want to say rational decisions, but more thoughtful, less pressure filled situations. Not as desperate to get yeah. out of jail, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and
0: I've heard these stories firsthand from, from guys that have been arrested, been in there for six weeks, and they're like, "Look, if you just sign here." Get you out. can go home today. Yeah. Right. Go co-
3: pay court costs and you get yeah. out.
0: You can go home yeah. and you sleep in your own bed tonight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Come on. Why don't you sign this? And they do. And then six weeks later, they pee dirty, which means they had drugs in their system. And they get arrested. And they're back in, they're yeah. back in the room. Or they're on
2: a GPS and the monitor reads it wrong and it says that they're out when they're not supposed to be. And now right. they're stuck in custody for five months while we're trying to prove that they actually were. I mean, there's all these pitfalls. There's so many pitfalls, which is why it's a trap. So how do we change that? I don't know if you can, because people can always make that decision while they're in custody. It's, it, yeah. The
1: only way is for prosecutors not to offer those kind of plea deals, and of course, our job is always going to be to try to get the person out of, of jail. jail as soon as possible. <laughs> so right. you know, it's like a catch twenty-two. Yeah. I'll give
2: you, I'll give you one thing that also could help with that is that while on probation or even when you're in jail, you know, our system when we when we created this criminal justice system, it was supposed to be this balance of Punishment and rehabilitation Correct. is fifty-fifty, and I'm assuming doing due, due to funding, it is and privatized you know jails. It's now ninety-five-five. So if we're not rehabilitating, ninety-five
0: punishment, five yeah. percent mm-hmm. rehabilitation, right. and people
2: are making money off the punishment, right? Whether it be you know court options or or private jails or probate. you know there's a whole system that thrives financially on people being on probation, staying in this system. So. If we get back to more of a rehabilitative state, people are making better choices. they're staying out of this it's more forgiving now too, right? because people are gonna mess up, especially if you're an addict or you have mental health issues. That might be one of the better ways to do it. It's just I don't know how realistic it is,
0: yeah, I think that's definitely a better way to do there there are there are countries that have that have tried this, you know, this approach of love and inclusion and connection and community and fellowship and you know being a part of and having some ownership in because uh that's just human nature you know that there's listen we've all read the studies and seen the documentaries you know the kid that doesn't have the mom or the dad at home you know falls in with the gang why because there's some acceptance there's some love there's some connection there's some Security, because that's, that's what people want.
2: Well, we talked about that, yeah. you know, off air. That's yeah. the rational choice, right? I was watching a documentary, The House We Live In, or The House I Live In, and they talk about the 14-year-old boy whose father's not there, mom's working two jobs, right? So she's never there, he's hungry, um, and everyone's telling him, stay in school, be right. a doctor, be a lawyer. This person has never met a doctor or a lawyer, he doesn't know what that means. Right. So we're telling him, chase this dream that you don't know, this right. this this mythical, you know, hope. And then at the same time, you know, the people that are successful in some of these neighborhoods, you know, are drug dealers and and pimps and they're offering jobs and they're saying, make you can make this money. You can live a decent life. You can feed yourself. The rational choice is not to stay hungry and chase this dream that you don't know anyone that's accomplished it the rational choice is to go make the the easy money and and provide for your brothers and sisters maybe and and feed yourself and... Survive. And we're asking them to make the irrational choice and then we get mad when they make the the rational choice. Exactly.
0: Um, Have you guys ever had a client that the prosecution has asked you to get them to flip against somebody else? Of course. Yeah? Yeah. Tell me how that works.
3: It happens a lot more often in federal court than in state court, I believe. But especially in drug cases, fraud cases, you know, they all, all defendants, you know, you have an indictment with four or five individuals. They're all charged with the same charge. Yeah. And then the prosecution will say, hey, you know, uh, who's going to work with me? And a lot of defendants will say, you know, all serve as a witness. And they say everything that happened. And if um, one of those individuals in the indictment decides to go to trial... All you know, quote unquote, friends yeah. will they'll all line up and testify against them, and they will get potentially half the time. Is that, that what, they were gonna, what happens? Yeah, they were, that they were going to get uh, had they just pled guilty. Obviously, it's, it's a half third doesn't. That's a whole another ball game of hearings. But, happens um, frequently. Yeah. Do, you, do you guys encourage that or do you discourage it? How? how? I mean, me personally, it's on a case by case basis. I, I mean, you now know.
1: in federal court, most people are cooperating. I don't yeah. know what the statistics are, but the majority, I would say, it could be 80% of people.
0: Cooperate. Cooperating.
1: Flipping. They're cooperating. They're snitches against other people. That's why trials, you don't see them as often now because what will happen, and it's so awful, but what will happen is the people in the jail, they will go ahead and if they know someone's going to go to trial... They will steal paperwork belonging to that person. They will try to get close to them. They will do whatever they can to learn about that case. And then they will try to get on as a witness against that person so that they can get credit for themselves. So and you reduce will, their
0: own sentence. To yeah. reduce
1: their own sentence. Wow. It's it's sweet. awful. But now, you know, the sentences are so long and they're so harsh that the only way to try to lessen the time in jail is, you know, to cooperate with the government. Give them snitch and give them some other people and then, you know what, you're going to lower your sentence.
2: And the problem with that is is because the sentences are so harsh and people are looking for any ways to lower their sentences, you get a lot of false cooperations. A lot of yeah. people making up stories, a lot of people, you know...
1: Embellishing, yeah. embellishing,
2: doing whatever they can to lower theirs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's a doggy dog world yeah.
3: there. And Person goes to trial. Yeah. Oh, my cellmate was going to trial. He confessed to me when we were you know, really? watching TV. Really? You can do that? Yeah, I had well, a client who...
1: That actually holds up in a court? Jurors are buying it. Yeah, Wow. Jurors are buying it. Cellmate writes a you know, letter
3: to prosecutor saying he confessed to me yeah. while we were watching TV. And
1: Tuesday. you can make <laughs> the argument all day long to a jury that, look... You know, this whole case is based upon five witnesses who came in here and said that my guy did that. But they all have something to gain from that. You have to ask yourself okay. that, you know, that they're getting a benefit. You can't trust what they say. But people are still being found guilty. And does it work?
0: So people are still being found yeah. guilty. Yeah. So that's because, yeah, you know, because the, old the mo- eyewitness. The ta- more you hear, no. if yeah. there's
1: five people, there's got to be some truth to it. There's fire, Even right. if
2: that, if you have one you could poke holes in, in the credibility of that witness. Right. If you got 5 and you're poking the credibility in 5, right. the jury might say, "Look, yeah. that person might not be credible, but I'm hearing the same story from One five guy people." May like two
3: guys, yeah. Yeah. but I'll you know, know when sure. you have 5, yeah. it's a little yeah, yeah, tough. Yeah. Wow. That's uh,
0: that's not a very good deal. Nope are kind of up against it when you get somebody that flips, huh? Yeah.
1: That's why it's so rare that people yeah. go to trial anymore. That's that's another that's another big reason of why trials are a kind of a dying art form. It's sad, but
0: um, so it's not just because there's a, a big backlog. Uh, it's because. Uh, the pleas and the people flipping to get reduced sentences and just That's I think it, I think it all plays I think
2: it, it's it's the whole it's the totality of the certain you know mm-hmm. it's it's everything and, and each case it gets affected differently whether it's a mid man or people flip every case is different yeah. mm-hmm. but when you have so many things working against you. It's going to cause numbers to come down. It's going to cause people not to want to take that risk and go to trial, even if they feel like they're innocent.
0: You know? Yeah, no doubt. Okay, so an update. This is old information, but according to our uh, researchers, New Hampshire, North Dakota, Vermont, and Texas are the other states. I don't know if Texas, Texas still does. There you go. That's a- yeah. Texas and Florida have very similar. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure why yeah, South Dakota does it and North Dakota does it. I'm actually not even sure why there is a South in North Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> I can see a South Florida and a North Florida. There should <laughs> be. There there should be.
2: We, we are two states within one. Trust me. Really there's are. above Orlando and there's yes. south of Orlando. My father, yeah. may he rest in
0: peace, used to always say, I don't know why they don't have a Florida North and a Florida South because mm-hmm. yeah. it's two different states. Yeah. I mean, it really is. Mm-hmm. It's it's.
2: Uh, when I go to Tallahassee a lot, you, it's South Georgia. That's <laughs> not, that's not yeah, Florida. Yeah, there's some good, good old folk up there. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> one minute
0: funny. That's the South. All right. So before we wrap it up, one of the things that we like to do because most of us uh, that uh, produce this show, are, are involved in music. We like to get a little uh, roundtable of uh, who's playing on your playlist, who's playing in your car, what music Ooh. are you listening to
2: this week? Hmm.
0: Who are you guys listening it to? It depends
2: on what's going on. If, I, if I'm trying, I mean, I'm all over the place. I'll listen to anything from the XX to Florence and the Machine to Kodak Black and Drake. Right. I'm I'm all over the place. You're all over the place. I went to Nashville and fell in love with country for about two weeks. Yeah. So yeah. All right. But let, let, if we're gonna go one, we'll go Drake. How about that? Okay.
3: God's plan. A little Metallica, Metallica yeah, nice. Little bit, Rock yeah. and roll. Going back to middle school. Nice, <laughs>
1: very cool. So I have two younger girls, and I listen to Radio Disney <laughs> a Shout
0: lot. Okay. Who's popping on Radio Disney right now? Uh,
1: you know, Dua Lipa. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of people there. So I listen to Camila Cabello. You know, all the Radio Disney people. Right. But before a trial, I listen to Rocky. I and the Tiger,
0: okay. or oh,
1: Eminem, <laughs> and I can't. Eight Mile? Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Before, I pump myself up.
2: You don't even realize you did it, you just stole my voix Oh. I do my whole void here, and they say, Where do you get your news from? We did this whole thing. Where do <laughs> you get your music hear, from? Where we listen to our music?
0: <laughs> nice. Well, thank you guys so much for, for uh, coming down and participating. You know, we're here to hopefully make a change. We appreciate what you guys are doing out there, helping to defend the innocent until they are proven guilty. For the Felony Miami crew, I'm your host, Joe Stone. Don't forget to check us out online, felonymiami.com. Check us out on Spotify, iTunes, RSS feeds, all over the world. Give us a review, give us a like. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. It's time to